I'm Garrison Doctor. And I'm Corinne Doctor. And this is Fishing Stories. And we are back. Very excited to be back. Season three, the long awaited, much delayed. Yeah, we just took a peek and it looks like our last episode was published in December 2020. There was some lost time in there, as we all know, the pandemic and such. Yeah, and for those of you who are just remembering who we are, or maybe you stumbled upon season three uh, before going back to seasons one and two, this was one way that we kept ourselves entertained and remembering how much we love fishing and adventures with friends, going overseas and finding new species um, during the early days of the pandemic. So now we're in much happier times. That's right. And able to actually travel the world a little more comfortably again. Yeah. So since we left you back in December 2020, we have been hard at work, not just our real job of running Rep Your Water, but finding some really fun fish. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we're going to chat a little bit today, mainly about our trip to Iceland, which was actually supposed to happen in 2020. Yeah. May 2020, we were supposed to be in Iceland. And we do have an episode with Sindri, who runs Fish Partner, who we went with um, in season one. And I think it was recorded right around the time we were supposed to be there. And so that was kind of our live vicariously. But now we have been and we are back and we have some stories. That's right. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out because he has some amazing facts about the native brown trout and their lineage and history and such in in Iceland that's fascinating. Yeah. So like we mentioned, we were planning on doing this trip in May 2020. We pushed it just exactly 12 months. So we were always planning on doing a little bit of a shoulder, trying to hit some of the good window on the big lake called Lake Thingvolavatn, but then also be able to fish the highlands for char, also be able to go up north and check out the loxa. So we we wanted to see quite a few things. Yeah, and we were not trying to fish for Atlantic salmon. Iceland is obviously a storied and incredible Atlantic sa- salmon fishery. We were just there to target the resident brown trout and char. And we did target them. <laughs> we did target Sometimes them. Sometimes more successful Some than others. Some days more successful than others. <laughs> yeah, we flew into Iceland and, you know, this is in, it was May, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it was getting really hot here in Colorado and feeling summery and um, we're, you know, just excited to be out and flew into Iceland and it was unseasonably cold, even by Iceland standards. It was unseasonably cold? Yeah. I just thought that was Iceland. Well, I don't know. It was cold. <laughs> it sure felt It was cold. rainy. It was windy. The funny thing is that our first few days were fishing like Thingval on, as Kring said, this huge lake in Iceland that is known for having uh, potentially massive brown trout. I mean, they're in there, fish over 40 inches, um, which is a inc- pretty incredible fishery. And you would think fishing a lake, you know, my history fishing trout in lakes is that wind is good as long as you can cast the fish feed more comfortably with wind overcast with brown trout is usually a great thing in my experience um and unfortunately it seemed like the unstable weather for whatever reason the fish were not really turned on like that we were getting casts out we fished hard we fished really hard and we (laughs) just weren't getting a lot of grabs. I mean, they weren't in tight where we could uh, we could get them. You know, and this lake is miles across. 
So it's it's kind of like fishing a little inland sea almost, you know. It's absolutely one of those places where you're casting a fly rod, whatever, 70, 80, 90 feet, and it doesn't feel like you're covering a lot of water. I mean, probably these fish didn't act like the brown trout we know because they're actually native to Iceland. That's right. <laughs> Which was one of our goals, you know. It's always fun to catch fish in their native range. Um, and for us, this was our first chance at that for brown trout. That's right. Yeah. And so we, we were both very excited to catch our first brown trout in its native range. Um, you know, we, we fl- came right off an overnight flight. We were immediately fishing. And that day was actually kind of mild. It was just a little bit breezy. It was almost sunny. The sun was out. I remember that. Yeah. And, and there were fish around. And I, I like broke I broke one off. Just bad strip timing. I was stripping right when this thing ate hard and just popped it. You had a beautiful fish on. Yeah, that was just a circus at a certain point. Had a fish on, jumped, so we got to see how giant it was, which also fed everyone's spirits like, oh, we're really yeah, we're we're like, in oh, them now. We're going to be just hammering them for the and next few days. I went to reel in the second it turned and so popped that one. Yeah, and they are, I don't know, pretty, uh, you know, they're predatory in this lake for the most part. Um you know, the bigger fish switch over to eating sicklebacks and uh, dwarf char and small char and stuff. So a lot of times the takes are strong takes. Yeah. Um, and even on heavier tippets, you can pop them off if you're not uh, kind of on it a little bit. Well, our third angler who we were with is our good friend Woody, and he landed a fine one. It was like by no means the fish you go there for, but we were all pumped. It's like, here's, it was a, a, here's a, a nice looking, here's brown a great trout. looking yeah. brown trout. It's not three feet long, but we don't <laughs> care. Here's a brown trout. So he proved to us that it at least could be done. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then we went out the next day and the weather turned and it was really blowing hard, just waves coming in. And um, like I said, the fish kind of turned off for whatever reason, they weren't in tight. We weren't seeing them. We weren't getting grabs. And we fished, the, I mean, the whole day. Yeah, you broke one off that day, right? I think I broke one off. That was it. That was the only touch. Yeah, and then it was like I'd had, whatever, two eats, and I'd broken them both off, and you're just not getting very many grabs starts to be frustrating. The pressure starts to build a little bit. Well, or not. I decided just to take a nap in the tussles because <laughs> that felt like a better use that of my time. Actually, probably was a better <laughs> use of your time. Yeah. Well, and then... Day three, as I recall, we fished a small lake that is uh, seasonally at times during high water connected to the big lake. So it's much shallower, it's much warmer, it's much weedier, has a ton of food in it. Uh, but these huge fish from the big lake get into this smaller lake in times of high water and then they're they're happy in there. I mean, they why would they ever leave? Um, they so com- much food. Right. <laughs> they completely change their coloration, which is really interesting. The big fish out of Thing Ball of Auden, they look like sea run browns almost, very silvery. silvery chromy. Yeah, not a ton of yellow. They get beautiful turquoise on the cheek. But out of the small lake, they're, inc- they're totally different. They get yellows and much more like a colored up fall brown trout, quintessential brown trout. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are, day three. And we're committed to the small lake. That was our beat that we got for that day. And again, we're kind of like, all right, well, we've been here before. We know at least the layout of this lake. So let's start fishing. We've got three anglers. So we all kind of spread out. We each tried slightly different flies just to see if anybody could get us any data. 
Yeah, but we knew <laughs> we knew in this lake, unlike the river mouth the day before, where we one of the reasons we were breaking off some fish is because in this river mouth beat is one of the one of the places in the lake where they feed on small stuff. They get a little picky. They get kind of funny. It seems like they go in there sometimes just to check out the water, mm. not because they're feeding. Rest a little bit. So like the big one that you had on, you caught, it was like on a size 18. Oh yeah. Just a tiny little. Whereas lake. the small lake and the other beats that we'll talk about in the big lake, it's a streamer game. Yeah. And then, then if you get a grab, you're usually going to get them. Yeah. So, I mean, three flies in the water at all times. I had rested the day before, so there's no time for naps on this day. Anyone who's fished with me knows that I love a shore nap. If it, if the fishing conditions are not going well, it's shore nap time. That's true. Or maybe if they're too good and you're just so tired from all that hard I work. will be casting, <laughs> casting through like an idiot. But so we were working this lake and it was... It was manageable to basically make two rounds of the entire circumference of the lake in one day. So we're kind of making our way around it. And our other friend Woody and I, we were walking up on this hill, kind of talking about, oh man, this is so tough. This is day three. Like we just haven't seen many fish. These conditions are hard. It's so windy. Oh my gosh. I mean, we've all had this conversation, right? And Garrison is just like in front of us on the bank casting into this nice little bay it looks beautiful we're like how is there not a fish cruising through there Woody and I give him pretty good berth behind so we go really far behind we're up on this little bluff and a lot of this land is all farmers land so they some people have horses some people most people have sheep a couple people had cows but it's primarily a sheep farming area and Woody and I are up on this hill talking about how hard it is and oh my gosh are we ever going to see one of these big ones. And we hear like the tiniest, freshest baby lamb call. And there are no sheep around. And we looked at each other like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And then of course, I got so nervous that we were going to come upon like a dead lamb, dying lamb, that's just crying and crying and crying for its mom. And we looked down at Garrison. He doesn't see what we're up to. We're like, well, we kind of have to see this through, see what's going on. And we come upon this rock and we can hear the lamb is right there. Woody and I both peek down and we see a lamb-sized hole with a fresh lamb in it. And so quickly- it's stuck in this- Stuck in the hole. It yeah. cannot get out. So I scoop the lamb out. It's perfectly healthy other than being stuck in this hole and soaking wet from all but the rain. But probably wouldn't have made it through the night. Absolutely not. So then I tuck my new fresh lamb pet into my jacket. And my mission at this point became get this lamb somewhere safe. I just knew that we had to take care of this, right? So off we go marching over the tussocks. This lamb is like so happy to be rescued, literally trying to like suckle my finger. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I take it up to the farmer's house. I've left Woody back with Garrison on the shore. And I get up to the farmer's house, hand it over, let her know where I found him. And she's grateful she's going to go get him taken care of. On my way back down the hill, I see a bent rod. That's right. And, you know, I think all of us that are anglers are a little <laughs> bit superstitious. We all have you kind of have to be. And this lamb rescue changed the mojo completely. We needed to trip. rescue a lamb. Yeah. We didn't know those were the rules, but we, we had know. to rescue yeah. a lamb. But. 
to turn on the I mission. mean, it was essential. And yeah, Corinne is coming back from the lamb rescue and Woody hooks up and I'll never forget, you know, I weighed out there with the net and um, I'll never forget this fish because it was, it was just like the quintessential, most beautifully colored, immaculate buck brown trout. Yeah. I mean, big fish, but also just the spot. Incredible colors. Jaw, like everything was like, look up brown trout in the dictionary. This fucker was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I waltzed back over and I said, all right, well, you owe me for that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then it was like maybe five minutes later, I caught that really nice fish. Yeah. The fishing turned on after that. I, um, I did not get rewarded. So... Yeah, your time was yet to come. My time was yet to come. Yet to come. But that's fine. You got to put in the paces. Got to put it in your It is what dates. it is, I guess. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, our last day on the big lake, uh, we fished a completely different beat. And I'm not going to try to pronounce it because... Karastadish. There you Thank you. One of my favorite places that we fished in Iceland, I would love to go back and fish this beat for multiple days. Not because it's a beat that you're going to catch a ton of fish off of. It's not a number situation, but it's a quality situation. You're fishing on these rocky ledges. Um, it's volcanic area. Um, you're right kind of where the tectonic plates come together. Um, yeah, it's where, in this the, region. it's where the North American and European tectonic Correct. plates meet. And so, you know, this old, this volcanic rock, I, I don't know how old it is. I'm not super versed in that, but no. there's these huge cracks that go out into the lake. So you'd be standing up on this rock, casting into this submerged crevasse that you can see in the water. Because the water in front of you is like, what, 10 feet or something yeah. on a shelf. But then down in this and crack... clean and clear. Oh, it's, yeah, crystal yeah. clear. Down in this crack, I mean, I don't know. It's 40 feet, it's 50 feet, it's 60 feet. You can't see the bottom. And these big browns will cruise in these cracks. Um... And so this is a spot where like, you're not going to see a ton of fish, like I said, but if you do put, get a streamer in front of a fish, it's cruising because it's looking for something to eat and it's usually going to stomp it. And this is a beat where like most years they see, they see fish that are over 40 inches come out of this beat. I mean, it's incredible. It was also another tough weather day. I mean, we were in pouring rain, casting, casting, casting. That was... <laughs> That was an incredible experience. It, I mean, and I love a good, like, cool, rainy day with a wading jacket on, sure. like, this getting was after it. A little more, but at a point, it was so cold and damp. And Woody was being like our best group cheerleader. He was like, yeah. We got this team, we're good. This is our last day on the big we're lake. Yeah, we we're gonna it. stay after it, big day, you know. And I looked over at one point, and he took a wave like over his head that soaked like down in his collar and he was like fuck this we are leaving <laughs> we had to do a little regroup well but the beauty of it all is is you know we did have this in our mind this is our last day at this big lake who knows when we'll be back here and our lodge where we were staying was super close by and had an electric dryer for our clothes so off yes, we go great little lodge put everything in the dryer ate a really early dinner and then we were like, okay, we're going back out because it's Iceland in early summer. So the sun basically doesn't go down. It gets a little bit it's sort like, of twilight yeah. Yeah. at 
1 a.m. Right. For maybe two hours. Right. It's never really dark. So, so we got can, back out at what, seven? Yeah, depending on, you know, the scenario with the different beats that you're fishing. Because, you know, Iceland is very uh, European. Like Corinne said, most things are private. So you need to kind of have your beats lined up, um, which is good and bad and a subject for a different podcast. But we were able to head back out to the lake and yeah. we all of a sudden the wind died back just a little and we had like Rain shut off. a nice chop on the lake instead of breaking waves <laughs> and we had a little light coming through the clouds and the landscape in Iceland is so primordial. It's so beautiful. And when the weather shifted like that, it was all of a sudden like, wow, this place is spectacular and special. And then Woody got a big fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a decent, well, pretty nice fish. Um, and then we basically called last cast just like at what, midnight or 12? Yeah, it was like 1230 or something. We we're like, well, we got a huge day tomorrow. We should probably get some sleep. And we were like, all right, Corinne broke off. And you were like, I'm, I'm done. I was like, all right, I'm going to just take a couple casts and we'll get out of here. And I think it was literally the next cast my line went tight and I sat on this fish and all the fish up to this point that we had hooked in these cracks, you're fishing like a sink tip or even full sink line to get down into these things. And when you hook one of these bigger Browns, they fight down into the crack, which is a very, try to get back in there. It was this very strange trout fight. They're not really like running out and away. They would be fighting down into these cracks um, it's very unusual, but this fish, I hooked it and it immediately just ripped to the middle of the lake. Yeah. You were in your backing like immediately. Just ripped. <laughs> and this fish was so much stronger than any of the other fish that I had hooked. I like felt like I could feel head shakes, but at the same time I kept being like, Corinne, is this thing hooked in the mouth? Did I somehow foul this? Because I didn't feel like I was able to turn it. I didn't feel like I could stop it. And then when it was out there, I had this feeling when it would turn like my fly had come loose and then popped or something. And I'm realizing now it's because it was hooked on the top of the mouth and it's popping jaw. Yeah, its jaw. jaw was so big that if it turned in such a way that the line would come around to the other side of its mouth, it created this sensation like... Like the fly had moved, which well, let's was also not forget when it started running back at you, and you were convinced it was not on. I, anymore. Oh my, yeah, this thing <laughs> it went out to the middle of the lake and then turned and just came at me full speed. Which is, I don't know. I mean, some trout do that, but that's that's like a sneaky saltwater fish move or something. It was weird. Like this thing just literally came at me full speed, and I was reeling so hard. I was like, and there's so much line out, you yeah. know. Like I was in my backing. And so there's so much line out that I was like, I don't know if there's a fish still on. He goes, I think it popped up. I think it popped up. And I look over at him and his rod is like fully bent over because the fish is obviously still there. I was like, absolutely not. Keep reeling. (laughs) Yeah. Then then it turned and I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. It is definitely still there. (sighs) But it was uh, just a spectacular fish. We did end up getting in the net and he was like right in the 32 inch range um big jaw beautiful spots that fish was just the perfect cap for me on the big lake and i uh i wish you'd have got one of those big ones but we'll just have to go back 
I guess that's the only solution at this point. That's right. <laughs> awesome place though. I, I recommend it to anybody who enjoys big brown trout or still water fishing or definitely a combination. And the streamer, like the technique was unlike anything we've ever done with streamers. It was very interesting. Yeah. Well, we had lots of time ahead of us. This was only like the first five days. And I think we ended up with a full two weeks. We did like some touristing, which was really fun. Iceland is such a cool Yeah, I mean, just the landscapes, and we really enjoyed the food, and... Yeah, the food was awesome. We didn't expect, like, the culinary experience. We just had always heard about the landscapes and the fishing, so having the full experience. Definitely, and some spectacular hotels that we really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I know we mentioned it a time or two, but the weather was tough in this first part of the trip, like... The rain, the wind, the overcast. And we had, as the end of our trip, to be up in the north, sort of near the other bigger town of Akureyri. And the capital of the north. That's what we learned. It is known as the capital of the north. Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water Apparel. For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders and owners of Rep Your Water, where we make everything from hats, sun shirts, merino blend sun hoodies, whiskey glasses, teas, and much more. All of our products feature unique designs, and all of them support our conservation partners. To see the latest and learn more, check out our website, www.repyourwater.com. Fishing Stories is also brought to you by Lock & Co. Whiskey. Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand-cut, charred Colorado aspen wood discs, This smooth and yet complex whiskey is as unique as any trout stream. It's a staple on our bar at home and is delicious served as is or even mixed in a cocktail. To learn more, go to www.lockandcodistilling.com. Lock spelled with an E. And we had, as the end of our trip, to be up in the north, sort of near the other bigger town of Akureyri. And... The capital of the north. That's what we learned. It is known as the capital of the north. And so that was going to be the last, the way we finished the trip. And we just kept thinking, gosh, it was so cold and rainy down here in the south by Reykjavik. Like, did we bring enough warm clothes to go up north? Yeah. We, and people were like, oh, it's always nicer weather in the north. And we were like, ha, ha, ha. That sounds about right. Like, We literally thought it was a joke everyone Every time someone said it. It turns out, especially in the summer in Iceland, that uh, the north is in sort of the rain shadow from the mountains. So actually, most of the weather patterns approach from the south, where it is a lot wetter and damper. And then the north stays a little bit drier and sunnier and nice. the sun was out. It It was was warm. Gorgeous. We took off multiple layers. I think when we were in the north, the weather was a little bit better on the lake still. Well, come on. We're just, we're sticking with the be- the weather's better in the north. Which it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we had, our beat plan for this time was up on the Loxa, which is a really famed salmon river, but we were there ahead of the salmon season. And as we mentioned, we really wanted to get into some big brown trout in their native range. So, And it's a great resident brown trout fishery absolutely. as well. And so we had this cabin that overlooked, you know, like, what did we have? Four kilometers of river or something and huge deck. And we're just living the high life up there. 
Yeah, it was it was really spectacular. I mean, we had this cabin, like Corinne said, hot tub on the deck overlooking the whole valley and the river. And you're looking at the lower section of this river. So you could actually just towards the horizon, see where it flowed into the North Sea. Yeah, so um, we were right at the connection to the ocean, but all of these fish are resident fish. They're not sea-run browns. Yeah, ironically, it doesn't seem to be a, a ton of sea-run browns in that system, which I don't quite understand. More just the salmon and the residents. But we're not fisheries biologists, so... We're not. <laughs> but it was such a fun place to fish. The river is really big, and you know, one thing that I really loved about Iceland coming from the Mountain West here in the U.S. is, you know, they have their own water issues, don't get me wrong, but on the whole, there is so much water on that island. Yeah. Between the springs and the snow and the glaciers, you know, these rivers are huge and they're cold and they're clear. And the animals are healthy. Yeah. I mean, when we were in the highlands, especially, but all over, you know, the Iceland people were like, why did you bring a water like water bottle, you can just drink out of the river. That was just our silly Western <laughs> right. American it's self. So, there's water right <laughs> there's here. You water just drink here. Because it. it's so cold and clear. But the Loxa is basically um, a giant natural spring-fed tailwater. And so it has so much food. And then with the salmon smolts and the sicklebacks, the bug life. The fish um, can get big in there. Yeah, just a prolific amount of, of food. And the resident brown trout do quite well. Well, the highlight for me, I know this is no surprise to you that this was my highlight. Right. But, you know, we had fished a little bit, what, like four hours maybe. We'd each caught a couple fish. Nothing that was huge, but some really respectable, nice-looking fish. Maybe Garrison caught something huge. We'll pat him on the back. (laughs) I don't know about that. Later for that. (laughs) Um, But we got into this big huge long run that honestly like looked kind of like anything else but we had been told that there was like a shelf there and so like it sounded like that was the spot and so we kind of lined up all three of us so that we had enough room to cast but we were pretty close to each other woody hooked up to this fish and we all had a cast out at the same time and i kind of i just stopped stripping and looked down to see what was going on and I could tell it was a bigger fish. I mean, the fight was different. And as soon as I went to strip my fly again to keep fishing, because Garrison was on net duty like a very good friend, off he went. One strip and boom, I got hit. Like immediately, this fish had obviously just been staring at my fly like, do something. And (laughs) so then I was hooked up and these were basically twin fish. I mean, we... Both got them in at the same time, got them in the net at the same time, and they were massive. I mean, these were genuine two-footers. Yeah, I think yours was like closer to 26. His was like 25 or something, but I mean, really they were thick, such cool healthy. Fish. It was really funny having both of them in the net at the same time, too, because they're such angry big brown trout, and you could tell they just hated it. Oh, they're like, yeah. oh, this guy. Why are I you in my space? In with them. But I think between the three of us that afternoon, we landed five fish that were like 24 ish or over. I think as soon as we let those fish out, you casted before the two of us and almost immediately caught one in that same yeah, range. I caught three that afternoon that were just stunning. I mean, just such a cool fishery. We'd love to go back to that area in general. 
yeah. And there was such cool bird life too up yeah. there. It was like just a little bit different. It was spring and like there were nests in the shrubs that we could see like the right. birds tending to. Right. It was such a cool spot. And I mean, streamer fishing there, which is, we started out actually nymphing. We we're picking up some smaller fish, uh, but we, we switched over to a streamer. And I distinctly remember I put on like a small, heavy streamer that I thought l- could look like a salmon smolt. And I casted it just as far as I could, which this is a big water. So it was just sort of in the meat of this run. Let it go down like one, two, three. And literally as soon as I moved it, exactly like you said. Yeah. But this thing like is out there. I mean, yeah. deep, like not typically where you would. Usually I feel like you're moving it a little bit. Fish gets on it. You've been stripping. Boom, you get a take. You know, this thing was like. All the way at the apex of my cast, this thing ate. I was like, oh, wow, it is going to be a streamer afternoon. Yeah, and it was. And we, it was. We lit them up. Yeah. That was that was what we needed. That was what I needed. <laughs> That's I need, right. I needed the big brown trout. The little ones were fun and all, but I needed the big brown trout in its native Absolutely. land. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, here we go. It's Fishing Stories Season 3. We're going to see if we can find a couple other people to tell us some fishing stories. We have some epic guests lined up, is what Corinne's trying to tell you. (laughs) We have some fun people lined up, and we can't wait to hear what they have to tell us of of their adventures in fishing. Yeah. Get out there. Get after it. And we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.